Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. Today, we're joined with Mr. Daniel Johnson, who is the CEO of Henson Shaving. So, Daniel, could you start talk a little bit about how you got started with the company, how you founded it, and uh, how you got the idea, and how it's going now, etc. Sure. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Um, a little bit about Henson Shaving. Henson Shaving is a company that we started a year and a half ago. Um, my brothers own an aerospace machine shop, so they own a big, huge factory that has computer-controlled machines like you'd see in a fancy factory. They make uh, satellites, so we make the uh, the fins that shoot internet down to Earth from up in space, and we have a bunch of parts on the Mars rover, and we've got some really neat parts on the International Space Station. So my brothers have had that business for about 20 years, and I've been in the digital world so working with websites and stores on the internet and we said we really want to bring the expertise that they have in the aerospace machining world into a consumer product world so the goal was to use their exceptional talent in aerospace machining they make parts that other companies would struggle to make and we wanted to use their skill and we're our theory was, or our thought, our hypothesis was, if we use exceptionally talented people to make a razor, the results could be a shave that just about any uh, person would feel is different than the shave that they have. So that was our kind of theory. So we got to work designing what is now called the AL-13 um, aluminum safety razor. And it's a razor that just about with no education, anybody can use. And their experience will be hopefully um, a good one. It's designed to give you a shave like an expert, except without the expert training. It's a very well-designed, uh, sensitive, meaning it's made the exact same way each time uh, razor by aerospace engineers that are uh, making something that you can shave your face or your legs or really any part of your body with. So that's uh, that's how we got started. Yeah, what I noticed is that um, Henshin Saving, and especially you, you guys use like a lot of different like catchphrases. Like you just mentioned, um, it, the whole point of like um, the razor is to give is to give you an expert shave without having like excellent training. And that's like, I feel like that's where like your marketing and business background comes in because that's like really like eye opening or it really catches someone's attention when they hear that. And I remember in our planning meeting, you mentioned one that was like the whole goal of, or uh, you mentioned that the goal of major or like major shaving brands is to give like 3 billion people a decent shave. But the goal of Henson shaving is to give like a select few individuals an excellent shave. So yeah. could you like explain um, a little, or could you explain further on that and like why that's their your sort of like quote unquote mission right well um our mission is to is to make a good product and it's um i think that we can all agree that sometimes these days we're seeing products that are designed to make money and maybe not necessarily products that are designed to um kind of function the way you'd expect them to um we have, as a culture, we have become very complacent with replacing items in our in our lives. Um, technology is changing so fast that um, as the ability to manufacture new and better things comes out, we have a tendency to replace them. And so um, our goal was to have a razor that was made so well 
um, and I don't mean marketing buzzline made so well. I mean, if you were to look at the drawing and you knew what you were looking at, it would, you know, an experienced engineer would say, well, how are you going to make that? The, the tolerances that this is that this is made with would make most shops, most manufacturing centers want to reject the job. The tolerances that this razor is made with are tighter than the tolerances that we uh, for the parts that we made on the Mars rover. Um, and the simple theory behind the tight tolerances and those who don't know tolerances just refers to the wiggle room in manufacturing. So if I say something should be an inch long, sounds pretty simple. Make it one inch long, but it's more complicated than that. Do you make it exactly an inch? Like what if you think where your tool is cutting is one inch, but actually because your tool is a little bit old, it's actually 0.9997 inches. Well, then that's not an inch. It's, it's 0.997. So when you're in aerospace machining, every single variable in the business matters what's the temperature of the air is the ground that we're sitting on level is the coolant that comes into the machine the exact temperature there are hundreds of new variables that kind of pop up and say hey you know i matter now because you want to hit that third decimal place of accuracy so these are these are made to two ten thousandths of an inch accuracy on critical dimensions and what that does, what that that ludicrous accuracy gives us, imagine a diving board. The further you walk out from that diving board, the bouncier it's gonna get, right? And so the way we designed our razor is that after you screw it shut, the, the top cap that pulls down on the razor, the thing that holds the blade in place, only allows enough blade to stick out the amount of blade that sticks out or how far past the diving board do we walk is somewhere around 1.1 to 1.3 thousandths of an inch so the total amount the blade is sticking out is only a, a, a about a third of the thickness of a human hair and what this does is imagine a diving board again you're six feet out now imagine you're cliff jumping with your buddies it's like a ledge, you know, it's not a board, it's a ledge. Our cutting action of our razor behaves like a ledge. So it almost, the word would be instead of cutting the hair, it almost shears it. Do you know what I mean? It's got so little leverage. It sticks out so not far. It's such a medium, it's such a small blade exposure that the cutting surface of the blade is so well supported that as you glide it down your face, it doesn't have any wobbliness on it, so it doesn't have the tendency to catch your skin and cut in because the blade's not allowed to move. It's like stuck there. Well, as soon as you tighten that razor closed, it's a rock's ledge now. It's a mountain cliff's edge. So that blade being in the exact right place with such a firm grip, people are shaving with it and they're going, there are a lot of times we'll see in the reviews or we'll get emails from people, people saying, I couldn't tell the blade was in, <laughs> like, is it in yet? They, they, don't, they don't know. So um, the the difference here is, is that the blade is, is just a normal blade you'd get at the store. They're, they're regular, great. Well, we picked the right blade. We got some good ones, but the blades we sell, they're nothing special. You can go buy them on Amazon. You have to buy them. We make a dollar. Like it's not, there's no money 
in the blades for us where what our business model is is to say stop spending all this money on razors and just buy one and we did some crazy math where we were like hey what if someone in there like who was 17 you know saved we think it saves the average person around like 12 dollars a month so we were like what if a 17 year old instead of buying a shave club or buying their razors from the store what if they were to invest that 12 dollars a month or donate it to charity or sponsor a, a a child in another country to have like food every day what if we were to do something interesting with that 12 dollars a month instead of shaving uh, instead of paying for razors because the blades that we ship you the blades that come with this razor are ten dollars and they you get a hundred of them so they're 10 cents each and people are telling us that that should last around three years so it's ten dollars for every three years of shaving instead of probably 12 or 13 dollars a month so the cost is so much cheaper and the results are i'll say so much but our our, our results are better like it most people that try this agree that the, it, it's it's a better shave so now we're thinking like holy smokes if like a 17 year old or an 18 year old were to pick up and start using this and then by the time their kids go to college they might have like 20 or thirty thousand dollars in a savings account just by not buying their razors at the convenience store or the shoppers uh, like a drug mart or uh, uh, where they buy their groceries it's just it's an it's an order of magnitude cheaper it's significantly cheaper and until before we invented this, the, the the razor we did and just to be clear it's a it's a classic design that's been around for a hundred years we're not like we're not really like earth shakers here we're just guys who looked at the design and said if you made that with really really tight accuracies you could take a regular safety razor that all of our Grandparents and grandparents, grandparents have all used, but you kind of needed to be really good at it to, to sort of wield the sword. Now we're saying, what if we made it where it behaved like a cartridge razor, where you just a normal safe, the normal razor where you just grab it, start shaving and it works. But to do that with metal, you need very, very tight tolerances. It needs to be made exactly the same way each time. So our goal was to make something that just about everybody would agree is easier, better, and cheaper. And that's kind of where we're, I don't say we're there yet, but that's what we're on the way to do. And a lot of feedback from a lot of customers would suggest that we're, we're working our way there. I liked what you said there about like the cost of razors adding up and how that money could be invested because I think a lot of people don't realize how, okay, you look at it, it's 12 bucks, but that 12 bucks really adds up over time. And the same thing is true for a lot of people who, you know, end up wasting a lot of their time. For example, like, uh, I think I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast, like Jordan Peterson was doing some arithmetic where it was like, okay, let's say that I'm a high school student. So um, I'm planning to go into STEM in the future, which means that obviously, if I look at my hourly worth, it's going to be a lot higher. So let's estimate it at around $50 an hour, it could be higher or lower, but $50 so is a pretty good estimate per hour. And if you look at that, over the course of the day, if I'm wasting two hours a day, that's 100 bucks gone. And if I look over the course of a week, that's seven times 100 bucks, 
uh, 700 bucks gone. And if I look at the, over that course of the month, 2,800 bucks over the year, uh, I don't know, around thirty $30,000 gone. And uh, all of these like short term, like losses or profits, which you were talking about in terms of investing, like those 12 bucks, those really add up over time. And uh, the, the example I gave was specific to time. So if you could talk about, um, you know, kind of your time management as a CEO, because uh, obviously as a CEO, especially of a startup, since you're uh, managing so many sectors of the company at once, you know, the manufacturing, the marketing, the sales, finance, everything along with like investing into research and development and also planning for like long-term expansion of the company and figuring out like what Henson Shaving's long-term goals are that can get pretty overwhelming and that's when it becomes really important to kind of you know delegate tasks and also be super on top of things with time management so mm -hmm. if you could you know talk about some of your uh ways that you kind of manage time and allocate time throughout the week and uh also kind of how you plan your day out, et cetera. That'd be great. Sure. Um, well, not to get too existential here or existential, existential, um, not to like go into the clouds or la la land here, but I think that there's a fundamental thing that often gets missed when people talk about entrepreneurship. And to me that that's fun. I think that a lot of people don't realize how fun being a business owner can be. And, um, my time management skills or my focus on time management is something that happens as an automatic byproduct because of how much fun we're having. So when, when you're having fun, when you're, when you're happy, you will find that the crappy jobs are less crappy and the um, really fun jobs are even funner. And so, um, we have a bit of a different approach over here. I am not, I, I'm the leader, like I'm the person who's in charge, but I'm not the guy who does everything. I had the good sense very early to realize that I was better to own um, a chunk of something than own all, I would rather own a chunk of something that has a very high likelihood to succeed than own a whole thing of something that I myself made or forced to succeed. So I had the good sense early to partner with people who were exceptional at things that I found aggravating, like finance management, uh, not boring, but very detail oriented task that if not done well, can destroy a business. And there are people on my team who love it. And I just have no understanding of how that's the case, but good for them. So my early recommendation to an entrepreneur is that you can focus on fun when you are aligned with things that you enjoy. And I have enough people on my team here. There's seven of us here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my gosh, imagine I forgot someone. Um, uh, there's enough people here that all of us just get to focus on the thing that is our favorite thing in the whole world. And when you get to focus on something you love, it becomes less about how to manage the grind. Everybody wants to talk about the grind. And by the way, big Elon Musk fan here, big fan of every waking hour, big fan of busting through my twenties and, and working really hard to create wealth, big fan of like not wasting time and realizing there's options out there for what I could be doing better with my time. Big fan of being a good steward of my finances to make sure that $12 a month doesn't leak away and I'm paying attention to the big picture, all of those things. 
But the thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is that he he's having a lot of fun. And I don't think that it's on brand for him to be like, yeah, I'm like freaking out over here because I'm making rockets. Like I'm acting like the guy who I wanted to be when I was 10, you know? So if he was in something that wasn't interesting to him, I think that it would be a much more difficult to him. So the long answer to your short question is, I think that we need to focus on doing things that we enjoy. I think my guidance counselor said to me was I, when I was in grade eight was, you know, do something that you would do for free. And I was like, easy for you to say, you have a job, you know, like you have money. <laughs> so you're an adult. So you, of course, when you have a check mark in your, do I have money box? It's easy to say, go do something you enjoy because you've got the money to go enjoy it. But I didn't realize just how true those words were. Uh, in school, I struggled very much with topics that I did not enjoy. And I crushed topics that I did enjoy. The warning signs were there very, very early for me. So entrepreneurship to me is finding a business that is actually hilariously fun and then find people who you care about and trust enough to bring them in and grow your areas of excellence respectively so that you're growing what you're good at, they're growing what they're good at, and then together you make the success something that you otherwise could never have made on your own. You would have no idea who our company is uh, uh, if if I was the only guy here, because I don't know how to do three quarters of the things that make our company great. But I do know how to work with someone while they're working on it to encourage them to make it better or cooler or neater or enable them or support them in a way that makes them do their job better. I can do that. So I'm almost just like an entertainer or a guy who walks around serving people drinks. I'm just here as the CEO to support the team to do their job really well. So my time management is entirely focused on supporting the people to do better or to do great things together. Um, so again, if you focus on being in an area that is fun, that you enjoy, you will find that a lot of the things that take focus and vigor and output kind of just happen automatically. A lot of guys will think of something while we're just kind of leaning back in our chairs here, you know, throwing M&Ms in the air, eating them and going, so wait a second, why don't we just do this? And then someone's like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What, why don't we? And then we'll think about it and then we'll give it a try. We make a hypothesis, we write it down, we do some testing and then now we're doing that. Woohoo, that was fun. Like it's just one fun thing after another. And if you work, if you like the people you work with, you got energy for days. It's amazing to see what you can get done. Cause it, you know, it's like when I was mowing the lawn, when I was a kid, I had to like, ugh, I had to grunge through it. It was just, we had a huge lawn and it took a long time and it was a lot of work. And it, it's so much nicer to be doing something that is fun, such that when crappy times come, you've got the energy to get through a very short, dark, hard period. And then you're back to like something you just fundamentally enjoy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of High School Not So Much Musical. If you want to learn more about Daniel Johnson, tune into part two of our conversation with him, where we talk about some of the biggest challenges he has faced with his company only having 40 workers. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.